Hey guys, check out Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0, brought to you by Mama Jumbo Shrimp, a fully updated second edition, reviewed and revised by an expert panel of certified Italian wine ambassadors from across the globe. The book also includes an edition by Professore Attilio Scienza, Italy's leading vine geneticist. To pick up a copy today, just head to Amazon.com or visit us at MamaJumboShrimp.com. Welcome to Masterclass U.S. Market with me, Juliana Colangelo. This show has been designed to demystify the U.S. market for Italian wineries through interviews with experts in sales and distribution, social media, communications, and so much more. We will quiz each of our esteemed guests at the end of each episode to solidify the lessons that we've learned. So sharpen your pencils, get out your notebooks, and join us each week to learn more about the U.S. market. Hello, welcome to Masterclass U.S. Wine Market. Today, I'm thrilled to welcome Gary Fish to the Italian Wine Podcast. Gary is the president and CEO of Gary's Wine and Marketplace. Gary started as a small wine shop in Madison, New Jersey in 1987 and has grown to be one of the largest fine wine businesses in the New York metropolitan area with four stores in northern New Jersey and one store uh, in Napa, California. Gary's has also expanded to include a successful e-commerce site, Gary's passion for customer service, wine, and retail is palpable and can be felt walking through every one of his stores. And I've experienced that personally, having worked with Gary throughout the years. Welcome to the show. Great to have you here. Thank you for inviting me. It's great to be here. Fantastic. So we're going to dive into a discussion today about off-premise and Italian wine. But before we get into that, tell us a little bit about your story and your journey and and how you got into the wine industry. Well, I mean, that could be the entire show, but you know, I... I <laughs> Fell in love with wine in, in 1979, 1980, uh, just as I graduated college. And I started focusing, I was a liquor salesman, I started focusing really on selling wine. And it was first domestic, California predominantly. And then it became Italian and then French after that. So I've been fond of uh, Italian wines for a very long time. And then how did um, you come to, to open Gary's? Uh, well, uh, you know, as a, a liquor salesman, I was calling on retail stores around the, uh, northern New Jersey. And one of my accounts uh, wanted to sell one of his stores. And it was in a great wine market. And he thought that based upon my wine knowledge, I would be a good candidate to buy the store. And uh, after some challenging discussions about economics and me not having any money, uh, we figured out a way for us to buy the store, in and that was in 1987. Wow. Uh, so I was 28 years old. Amazing. 29. And I imagine northern New Jersey, where I'm also from, you had a lot of uh, Italian wine clients and selling a lot of Italian wine in and, and that part of the state. Well, it's funny because at that point, it was more Italian restaurants and pizza places than, than fine Italian wine. Right. But definitely firsthand Italian, as you know, northern New Jersey and parts of New York is, is Italy first, right? Italian wine, Italian food. Yep, absolutely. So in today's episode, Gary, we're going to talk about trends and the off-premise in you know Italian wine today. So much has changed in the last few years since the pandemic. So we really want to dive into some of those shifts. Uh, our three key takeaways for today's masterclass are going to be, number one, what varieties and styles of Italian wine are trending currently in the off-premise? Number two, what are off-premise buyers, including your team at Gary's, looking for in the Italian wine category? And number three, what are some trends uh, in brick and mortar, but also in e-commerce, which we know Gary's has a huge business in. So that's what we're going to focus on for today's masterclass. So you know, just to start, you've 
been in this business for many years, like you, you just detailed, you've seen lots of trends. Talk us through some of the key trends in Italian wine that you've experienced during your time, you know, in retail and starting Gary's. Sure. You know, when we first started, it was all about Bola. <laughs> you know, it was Bola Suave, Valpolicella, uh, and Bartolino. And it was uh, Martini Rossi Asti. And Reuniti on Ice is nice. Uh, so it was not a very sophisticated program, but it was very active. And then all of a sudden, uh, the word Santa Margarita Pinot Grigio came on scene. Around what year was that? I want to say about 84, 85, I started seeing it. Uh, but definitely by the early 90s, Bola Suave was done in, in our stores. You know, we were selling very little. Mm -hmm. And it converted to Santa Margarita Pinot Grigio, and which then became an entire group of Pinot Grigios, Cavett. Uh, became the dominant force in the the magnum bottle, um, but Santa Margarita. I remember drinking that at my grandma's. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's funny because when I was, you know, just getting into the business, it was all about Suave, right? It was bowl, and it was really Bola. And if you wanted bubbles, it was it was Asti's Pomanti. It was that sweeter, right? And if you wanted something other, it was the Reuniti, so that fruity Lambrusco, mm -hmm. and it felt like it was going slowly, but it really rapidly changed when, you know, Rufino started becoming, you know, with Chianti and um, it went from straw Chianti to more sophisticated Chianti Classicos. Right. Was that around the time of, of The Sopranos? I remember that bottle is on, on a lot of tables <laughs> in that show. <laughs> it's a good point. It probably was. You know, I don't, I don't remember, but it was definitely the late 80s mm -hmm. where you saw this shift from The Soprano straw Chianti mm -hmm. to higher quality Chianti to, you know, the the uh, red and white checkered tablecloths. Remember those? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the hot pepper, you know, the hot pepper in the shaker. Right. Mm -hmm. To the servers with white aprons and white tablecloths and fresh grinding Parmesan in front of you. And with that shift to higher end Italian from the pizza joints, uh, became the shift to higher end Italian wines. And that makes so much sense, right? With the connection between, you know, Italian food and wine that the wines would start premiumizing at the same time that the cuisine did. Absolutely. And also travel. You know, I, I remember my friends and, and neighbors and stuff started going to Italy as one of their primary vacations. Yeah. And when you go to Italy, you don't come back wanting just to eat pizza. You come back wanting to drink better wine. Yeah. Definitely. And the whole travel thing, and that goes for all of the world. You know, whenever people start traveling to a region, we see significantly shifts in the quality of wine and also the desire for people to buy those wines. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. And I think we've only seen that with, with Italy grow. So how about more recently, some of the trends that you've seen in Italian wine? So it went from, you know, the, the Chianti and Pinot Grigio to Super Tuscan, right? Sasakaya, Ornalaya, Tignello. And Chianti, you can get for seven to 25 bucks. Uh, Tignello, when it came out, was probably $30. Now is $125. Mm -hmm. And we can't keep it on the shelf. Wow. And the quality of the, the that category of Super Tuscan exploded. And we continue to see it, but we're now, and I think it's coming again with, with shifting in travel. Early on, people were going predominantly to Tuscany, and I think part of it is its proximity to Rome. Yeah. Right? You would do a few days in Rome, and then you'd go up to Tuscany. Now we're seeing more and more people going to 
Sicily, mm-hmm. and Sardinia, and Puglia. And now we're seeing wines from those areas become more and more um, requested. You know, people are asking for wines from volcanic soil. Right. Right. And whites that may be a little bit more fragrant um, and have more structure and maybe texture. Uh, than your typical Pinot Grigio. I think that also just trends with consumer preferences um, in terms of of styles of wine, lighter styles of wine as well. I mean, you talked about what was trending in the 80s and 90s, some of these bigger wines, but also sweet wines. And now we've seen just consumer preferences shift towards a lighter style of wine um, uh, overall, lower ABV too. So some of those regions you mentioned, especially in the whites, might trend towards that. Oh, absolutely. Especially the whites where you're getting other grape varietals and you're getting, and I call them fragrant. You're getting wines that have beautiful fragrance and aromatics and they may have or appear to have some fruit to them, but they really, they're not fruity sweet wines. They're just wines that have lush flavors uh, and go go great with seafood. Um and lighter salad dishes. And again, that's, you know, people are not having, um, except for my friends, Parmesan, uh, feel Parmesan as much anymore. Right, exactly. And, you know, and so the, the food changes uh, are, are, and our wine taste preferences also change. Yeah, and one of our last episodes, we, you know, we talked to Dan Petrosky, who makes Massacan, and he talks about making a white wine that embodies the Mediterranean, specifically Italian white wine lifestyle. So um, it's no surprise to me to hear from you that that's also trending, you know, in, in your store, um, your stores around Italian white wines. So absolutely. And he's a good customer in our St. Helena store. Mm. Uh, and we love what he's doing with uh, white varietals. Yeah, those wines are, are fantastic. Um, are you noticing any trends generationally in the store? What younger consumers versus older consumers are gravitating towards? Absolutely. Well, you think about the younger consumer and, and we'll, I'll start off with sparkling, right? So I said it was it was Asti Spumanti early on. Right. And now it's all about Prosecco, right? So you're getting a little bit lighter, crisper and drier. Um, and and the white wines that used to be Santa Margarita, I, the under 20, under 35 group, I don't think any of them ever order Santa Margarita. Yeah. Right. That's just not what they, they're not drinking that. They are looking for Luganos or they're looking for that lighter, more fragrant white wine. And, and again, it's the same thing. It's going to what they're eating. So definitely the younger generation is less name oriented. Right. Right. They're not, you know, uh, where my generation might have grown up on Rufino and Santa Margarita. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just looking for wines of an area. Right. And then playing around in that area. So maybe they get bored and they try a different area, which is kind of fun. Yeah. They're not as brand loyal. I know we have a family member who won't drink anything but Santa Margarita and literally travels around with a bottle of it in her bag. So <laughs> definitely experienced that in, in my own family. But yeah, I agree with you. And I've seen the same trend among my friends that they're more interested in, in places and, and regions as opposed to specific brands. So um, it offers a lot more opportunity, right, out there for, for new players. Absolutely. And it's also mm-hmm. experiential, right? So it's about an experience. It's not just drinking. It's about um, drinking a bottle of wine that reminds you of a vacation or if it reminds you of a great meal that you had someplace. 
And I think that's what we're seeing more of. And as people get out travel again post-COVID and they're experiencing more things, I think we're going to see that continue, which is great for us because, you know, quite honestly, when you're dealing with big name brands, yeah, we have to be competitively priced. So our, our margins are really condensed on, of course, mm-hmm. you know, Santa Margarita and La Marca Prosecco uh, and Rafino Chianti. Uh, but we have unlimited opportunity with the varietals that don't have name recognition and more have experience recognition. You know, so I, I'm finding that's great for everybody, right? It's great for, for wineries because now they're not really competing against price. They're competing against somebody that's also visited uh, Sardinia mm-hmm. and looking for Sardinian wines, uh, which I think is great for everybody. Italian Wine Podcast, part of the Mama Jumbo Shrimp family. Yeah, and, and speaking of, you know, experiential and travel at Gary's, you know, beyond Italian wine, you have a super global approach to, to your selection. I know uh, here in, in Napa and in California, we were excited when, when you opened your store in 2019 because it was an opportunity to buy more global wines. And you and your team, you know, travel the world sourcing different wines, visiting vineyards and meeting with winemakers. So what's most exciting to you and your team right now in the Italian wine category? Well, it's funny, and it, it's uh, we're a couple days too early, but, uh, you know, I have Cesare Martini as my Italian buyer, and he just got back from five weeks in Italy. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I know. I want to be him when I grow up. <laughs> Lucky guy, yeah. It, you know, because I've uh, been Italy, and he went before there, and he stayed a little bit after. But, you know, he he is really, really excited about the quality of wines he was seeing. Um, he still he still believes very heavily, uh, very strongly in Piedmont okay. and in, in Tuscany. Um, but he, he said, Gary, I got to tell you, what's coming out of Sicily now. Yeah. And he was more focused on, on Sicily as like his next area um, in quality and in price point, right? Because as we've seen with the Super Tuscans and Tuscans in general, um, you know, Brunellos are now trending towards... 50 to $70 for really good Brunellos. You, you can get some a little less expensive. But from Sicily um, or any southern Italian area, you can get great value. Absolutely. In between 15 and $25. Yeah. So seeing a lot of excitement with the, the southern regions, which makes me happy as a a person of Southern Italian heritage. That's exciting. I, my, a lot of my family's from Calabria, so I know that that region is still uh, a little under the radar, but I've had some great Calabrian wines. I think, you know, it's just, it's just a matter of time. They'll, they'll get there too. They're not quite Sicily yet, but, you know, there's always room to explore. But I think what happens is as Sicily becomes more powerful and more recognized, the, the, the price points will go up. Absolutely. We've already seen that with Etna, right? Those price points have gone up quite a bit. Yeah. Exactly. Beautiful wines. And I love those wines. Yeah. So then that'll open up opportunity um, more in that, let's say, 10 to 15 10 to $20 range for some other regions, you know, perhaps like a Calabria, Molise, but other lesser known regions to, to, to make an entrance. Right. And I think what happens is people have a budget, you know, and it's not necessarily age driven, mm-hmm. but if, if categories or areas 
start to move above your budget, you look for other areas. Right. You look for alternatives. Um, and that's where I think, uh, I think Italy is really well positioned because, you know, from north to south, you have an, an enormous number of grape varietals. You have completely different climatic uh, areas. Uh, the soils, obviously, you know, you have from sandy soils to volcanic soils. And so you, we have unlimited opportunity, different, totally different tastes. Yeah. Uh, and I think for the consumers that, that gives them almost one-stop shop for, uh, experiencing different wines. You can get all of them from Italy. Exactly. Yeah. And look for alternatives to things you might've been buying in California as, th- as prices get higher. Um, within, you know, the Italian wine category too. Absolutely. You know, and, you know, obviously I'm, I'm a huge fan of Napa Valley and I, I put my money where my mouth is. Uh, but in our Napa Valley store, we have a, um, a great number of imported wines. Um, and here, ironically, we're he- very heavily into Tuscany and Piedmont. Interesting. And I'm not sure if that's because they score very well. Could be. Mm-hmm. And that's what winemakers are looking for to compare to their wines um, or just what what our wine buyers here have found. That's interesting. What's distributed more widely in the state potentially. But I think also, you know, we saw the East Coast is the is the first market for Italian wine and then things will trend towards the West. So maybe we'll start seeing more of that Southern Italy and Sicily come into the Napa store in the coming years and, and follow follow the East Coast. Oh, absolutely. And and the East Coast is clearly a couple of years ahead. But in our stores, because of, you know, we're northern New Jersey, so um, the Italian population is still very strong. Absolutely. But you're right. The next generation Italian consumer is not drinking just what their mother drank or what their grandparents drank. Yeah, absolutely. Which is great. So, um, you know, in addition to the brick and mortar stores you have in New Jersey and Napa, you also have a great e-commerce business and even a delivery service, which is fantastic. So talk to us a little bit about the differences you're seeing between e-commerce and brick and mortar. Are you seeing similar trends in e-commerce? Or are you see- noticing anything different in the Italian wine category? It's interesting. And I, I took a deep dive into this because I had, you know, before we spoke, I really didn't have a, a grasp on, on what was selling online and delivery and ironically the delivery business in new jersey which is very strong since COVID, is still name brand Mm, okay it's much more and maybe that's because it's an older clientele that really got into the habit of not going out and just you know clicking on our mobile app and saying uh you know i bought santa margarita last week give me some santa margarita give me some cabot um Rafino. Mm-hmm. So we're selling, still selling more name brands online. Yeah. Also, that makes sense because online, you don't have somebody in the store introducing you to something new. So you might go for what you already know. And, you know, you have such a great staff that is there to educate the customer. That's exactly. And that happened across everything during the pandemic, where when people weren't coming in, everybody went towards name brand. Right. And now in store, they're they're much more experimental again. Um, delivery, they're clearly just going to name brand. Online is very different. It's still heavily weighted towards um, Tuscan. Okay. But that's because if you think about it, you know, uh, Brunellos uh, that score very well sell very well on email. Therefore, that generate that's our online business. So that becomes our first line of defenses. What people are buying via our emails. 
and our emails are heavily um, to Tuscan and then Piedmont second. So that's that's what you're going to see is our, our base of business. But whenever we run something from Sicily, in particular, it does very well. It's just we don't we don't get as many opportunities there because there are less wineries. Right. And maybe smaller production, not the volume that exactly. you might need. And they also need it. They need more of a story. And a story is easier to tell in person when they're in the store or when we do an in-store tasting, as opposed to telling them via uh, text online. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense that something like a score that's easier to recognize for a consumer or easier to translate in an email or over text would sell the wines and the e-com and digital space. So that, that makes a lot of sense. Just now it's time for our rapid fire quiz. So we'll review some of the key takeaways that you've shared with uh, our listeners today uh, to hammer home some of um, our learnings from today's episode. So Gary, if you can try your best to answer each question in about a sentence or less, that's what we're looking for. So okay. question number one, what varieties and styles of Italian wine are trending today in the off-premise in your experience? Uh, Sicilian reds, big, rich wines that are um, not too tannic and easy to drink. And and really, even though we didn't talk about it, northern whites, Friuli in particular. Oh, some of my favorite wines. Beautiful. Uh, question number two, what are off-premise buyers and you know your team in particular at Gary's looking for in the Italian wine category right now? Uh, scouting out the, the, the best opportunities that they can find. There's so many options um, that they're looking for what's great quality at the right price. Fantastic. Okay. And finally, question number three, what are some general trends and differences you're seeing in sales of Italian wine in brick and mortar versus retail um, and you know, delivery and e-retail. Well, in, in the brick and mortar, we're, we're seeing, as we said, we're seeing a great deal of experimentation. Mm-hmm. Um, listening to our wine team, learning about it, tasting. People love when they come in our stores to taste. Uh, e-commerce is about uh, name brands. It's about, you know, high-end Brunellos with a big score. It's about a, a great deal on a Prosecco. So, you know. Yeah, no, I think that, that summed it up well. We're seeing experimentation, in the brick and mortar, we're seeing more uh, wines that are selling off scores or, or brand recognition in the e-commerce and, and delivery space. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, Gary, thank you so much for joining us today on the Italian Wine Podcast. Uh, how can our listeners connect with you or reach you at Gary's? Gary'sWine.com. Fantastic. Well, thanks again, Gary, for being here today. Really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us. Uh, thank you so much for having me brush up on my Italian. <laughs> Anytime. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. Thank you for joining me today. Stay tuned each week for new episodes of Masterclass US Wine Market with me, Juliana Colangelo. And remember, if you enjoyed today's show, hit the like and follow buttons wherever you get your podcasts.